Welcome to Prophecy Countdown with author and pastor Kenneth Baer. Join us every week for the latest updates on what the Bible has to say about the events, the characters, and prophetic signs of the return of Jesus Christ and His coming kingdom. Make sure you not only subscribe, but like your favorite episodes and share it with your friends. Now, on with the broadcast. Welcome today to our weekly Prophecy Update. I'm Pastor Ken with Faith Dialogue. We provide two updates each week of our podcast, both on video as well as audio, on this this podcast called Prophecy Countdown. Now on Sundays, we're presently going through the Gospel of Matthew. And as our custom and tradition, as we go through every book, chapter by chapter and verse by verse, this week will be in chapter 12. Our Sunday messages are broadcast uh, a premiere on Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern Daylight Standard Time. Now on Wednesdays, our updates are always prophecy related. And typically we take the questions um, that you send in to us um, and we use that as uh, topics uh, for our prophecy updates. You can email us at prophecycountdownpodcast at gmail.com. That's prophecycountdownpodcast at gmail.com. I respond directly to every single one of the emails that comes in. So please send us your request. And as you can guess, uh, as we did last week, our lesson today on Prophecy Countdown is going to be on Israel. We've had a number of questions on Israel, on Gaza, on, um, on the land, who owns the land. Uh, so the topic of my message today is Israel's divine mandate. Israel's divine mandate. And, you know, this all has to do, anytime this happens, anytime there's war, anytime there's an attack in Israel, uh, there's always people that, uh, that ask the question, is this part of the end times? Does the Bible have anything specifically to say about this? Well, let's, let's understand who the players are in this recent, this recent war. Uh, many people see the war between Israel and Hamas, and it's really Hamas. It's a land known as Gaza, but the actual name for that territorial land, it's very small. Um, I heard today that it's about half the size of the city of Chicago, entire land. Um, is, is, uh, it's, it's, it's the Palestinian Authority, but they're known as, as, as Hamas. And the West Bank is known as the Palestinian Authority, and they're both at war now with Israel. And... Many people believe that this is some indication or one of the indications that we're in the very last days before the coming of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that includes the second coming, and it also includes the rapture of the church, which precedes, that's what we teach, precedes the seven years of tribulation. Um, It's spoken of very, very clearly in the scripture. Um, And this current struggle between Israel and these Islamic terrorist organizations we want to pray for peace. You know, both the people of Israel and the and the Muslims, the the Arabic people, uh, they need Jesus. They need Jesus. Jesus came two thousand years ago uh, to pay a penalty for sin that we couldn't possibly pay, and He desires that all men, all men, all men and women come to a saving knowledge of of the Lord um, and have peace with God, true peace with God, 
through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. So that's really what we are, are looking for. Uh, but remember what's, what comes first, what's called the imminent return of Jesus Christ. It's called the imminent return of Jesus Christ because as the Apostle Paul said, it could happen at any time. And that's, uh, Jesus talks about that in, in, Matthew four, in uh, John 14 when he says, I go to prepare a place for you and I will return and bring you with me. There's many, I, I prepare a place that has many, our, the Father's house has many mansions, many rooms, and I come back and prepare a place for you. Um, and Paul articulates it wonderfully, both in First, first Corinthians chapter 15, but the passage we know often is First Thessalonians chapter 4. And uh, Paul says this, the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first, then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. This is called the catching away, the rapture of the church. It's, it's called the blessed hope because it is, it is the destiny of every believer, both living as well as those that have passed on. So let's get on with our prophecy count, uh, update today. And again, the topic of my message is Israel's divine mandate. Now, we recognize that Israel has a right to the land, and, and this, this, this right is very complex, and it's contentious from, from a number of different standpoints. And we could go through all the different standpoints and the reasons why it's so contentious. However, what I'm going to do is I want to look at solely what the Bible has to say. The Bible is the authoritative source for everything, actually, but particularly those things that are happening in, in Israel. And we'll take a look at the scriptures today to see Israel's divine mandate um, uh, for this small patch of land. And we'll also focus primarily on those scriptures that have to do with uh, the latter days. We'll just take a look at a few scriptures, the days just prior to the coming of, of Jesus Christ. So the first scripture I want to give you goes all the way back to Genesis, Genesis chapter 12. And it's the first promise of the land made by God to Abraham. And we find this way, way back, um, almost 4,000 years ago, is when God came to Abraham. And he said, Abraham, uh, get out of the land of your fathers, and I'm going to take you to the promised land. And this is what he says. Genesis 12, he says, the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you and in you all of the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, I intentionally use this scripture for, for two reasons. One was that uh, God showed Abraham that he was going to show him uh, a land uh, that was for Abraham and his descendants. But secondly, I want you to notice the, the blessing and the curse. God said, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in, all, in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Well, let's take that end part, all the families of the earth will be blessed. We know that that was fulfilled as Jesus Christ was born of the family of David, of the tribe of Judah. He was a descendant from Abraham, and it's through Jesus Christ that forgiveness of sin, redemption, eternal life has come to, to all mankind. 
So that's that is the blessing that uh, that that God uh, told Abraham that it was through him that all the nations would be blessed. You know, we take a look here in the United States at this wonderful country that we have, this this place called America, and we have to understand that our, the blessings we have are a direct result of our blessing the nation of Israel. You know, the U.S. was the very first nation to officially recognize Israel as a legitimate state, and that happened on May 14, 1948. It was Harry Truman that did that. It was like 11 seconds after it was announced by David Ben-Gurion that the state of Israel existed. Um, and if we want the blessings of God to continue, we wanna make sure that America continues to bless Israel, to be Israel's greatest ally, uh, because should that, uh, should that stop, should that change, the blessings, I, my friend, that we have here in America will change as well. So let's go into the second prophecy. The second prophecy I want to talk about, um, I could have chosen many, many of them, but I want to choose uh, Ezekiel, uh, the, the prophet Ezekiel, and especially in cha chapters 36 and 37. These are prophecies that have to do of the regathering of the uh, Jewish people in the land of Israel in the end times. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 24, for example, says, For I will take you from among the nations, gather you out of all countries, and bring you into the land. Uh, now, many people see this, and I do as well, that this is a fulfillment of what we see in Israel today is God's is the fulfillment of this prophecy to be able to provide the Jewish people uh, a homeland in their ancestral homeland. Now, the Ezekiel uh, the prophet Ezekiel prophesied the regathering of the people of Israel while he was in exile himself in Babylon. Ezekiel was told by God that he was to be a watchman to the people of Israel. He was to confront the people of Israel about their, their many past sins, idol worship, for example, their idolatry, and shown them that it was God uh, that actually had passed judgment on them and allowed them to be taken captive for the temple to be destroyed because of their, their sinfulness. And while God was judging them, Ezekiel also told them that God had established a covenant with them and he would not forget his people forever and that he would restore them. He would restore the people and bring them back into the land. And of course, that happened. That happened the, after the Babylonian captivity, the people of Israel went back. Um, however, and this is the thing with Ezekiel, in chapter 36, through the end of Ezekiel, which is chapter 48, a total of 12 chapters, scholars have noticed that Ezekiel is not just talking about the Jews' return after Babylon, but Ezekiel is specifically talking about the end times because the language changes and some of the characteristics of their return changes. For example, in verse 24, of Ezekiel chapter 36. God says, I will take you from among the nations, gather you out of the countries, and bring you into your own land. Which is similar to what he said before, but then he continues and says, I will give you, okay, this is a promise, I will give you, this is the people of Israel, a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of, uh, out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Now, so today we see that this prophecy of Israel uh, getting a new heart, 
um, has, and, and being in the land has only been partially fulfilled because they're definitely in the land. That happened in May 14, 1948. It, it's, it's going on today. That's the whole, what the war is about. But the same team, the, the people do not have a, whole, a new heart. You know, people don't realize this, but the people in the Jews living in Israel this day are not necessarily very religious. Not at all. Uh, not at all as religious as many of the countries in Europe or as the United States, as Mexico, as Brazil, as many other countries. They're just not religious. Uh, Pew did a survey and found that only one in four Jewish people living in the land of Israel today think that religion is a, a big deal, that it's very important in their life. Only one out of four. Now, Going back to the prophecies of Ezekiel, we know that this is end times because not only did that first prophecy only become partially fulfilled, but also then Ezekiel talks about the dry bones. You probably know there's a song, you know, the hip bones connected to the thigh bone, that kind of stuff. So, so the dry bones that Israel, that uh, Ezekiel see, sees, um, is the representation of uh, Ezekiel's Jewish ancestors, all the people of Israel, uh, coming back together to, to stand up again, to, to be in the land again, and to be revived um, again. But there, we're not there yet. And the reason we're not there yet, it says, after the dry bones, it says, then the people shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have performed it. Well, let me tell you, in 1948, all of the people going back to Israel, there were very, very few true believers, even in, even in Jehovah God. I'm talking about Jewish believers, not even Christian believers, Jewish believers. The vast majority of the leaders, including David Ben-Gurion and uh, Moshe Dayan, um, a lot of these leaders, they were atheists. After the, after the Holocaust, it was very difficult for many of the Jewish people to believe in the God of Abraham. Um, they actually, uh, they, it was hard, they, they couldn't believe that there was a God that could abandon them like that. So as a result, uh, that has not been fulfilled yet. Then Ezekiel goes on and speaks about one kingdom. You know, when the, when the Jews were taken captive, I know there's a lot of information here, but, but just keep on listening. When the Jews were taken captive by the Babylonian Empire, at the time that was the land of Judah, the land of Israel, which was to the north, had already been taken captive over a hundred years prior to that by the Assyrians. If you remember that at the time of Jesus, there was only one area called Judah. There was Judah, and then north of Judah was Samaria. It was called Samaria because Israel had, had long been gone. The people that were there were a mixed breed, part of them, part Jewish or part Israeli, and, and part of them were uh, Samaritan. Uh, they were pagan people, uh, and they were mixed in, and they were, they were the enemies of, of Israel. Well, Ezekiel speaks of, uh, of one kingdom in the last days. This is what he says. Uh, God tells Ezekiel this. He says, take a stick for yourself, and write on it for Judah and his companions. And then take another stick and write on it for Joseph, the stick of Ephraim, and for all the house of Israel, his companions. Then join them one for another and, and together to be one stick, for they will become one in your hand. You know, in 1948, when the Jewish people came back to the land of Israel, they had a name for their nation state, and it was the na name Israel. It was no longer Judah, which is interesting because for, for hundreds and hundreds of years, uh, over a millennium, that land that, that land that was there was called Judah. That was the land of Judah, of the Jews. 
It wasn't until the Roman Empire uh, Emperor um, Herodias uh, basically um, renamed that land uh, Syria Palestine, Syria Palestine, and he did that basically to shame the Jews because he named it after the Philistines. That's where Palestine comes in. The Philistines, which were the enemy of the Jewish people. You know, just to make sure we understand that this is the end times, again, remember I said that from chapter 36 all the way through 48, um, Ezekiel is talking about the end times. In chapter 38, he, Ezekiel talks about the, the war of Gog and Magog, and we're not gonna go into that today, but if you know about that, if you've read about that, Gog and Magog, this is likely the, the Russian, Russian area, uh, along with their allies, which includes Persia, that's Iran, and Turkey, um, and Libya, invade the Holy Land, only to be repulsed or, or taken back and defeated uh, by God himself. Now. This has not happened yet either. So we know that these chapters of Ezekiel specifically apply to the, to the end times, and Israel is in the land. I'll give you one more hint that right after that, uh, Ezekiel starts talking about a temple. And this isn't even the temple that comes, uh, part, uh, comes to being uh, during the tribulation period, but it's actually even after that. So again, that's too much information probably for this one podcast. But there is definitely a divine mandate by God for the people of Israel to be living in the land that they are in presently. In fact, the land that has been deeded to them, that have been, has been destined for them, is actually much larger than it is. And remember, this is God's right to be able to give the land. Psalm 24 tells us that the earth, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness therein. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 16, uh, it's talking, speaking of Jesus, but again, it says that says all things were created through him and for him. So all of the land that we have, everything that we see, uh, the cattle on a thousand hills, everything that we see, all, everything that is, that is, all belongs to the Lord. And it's his right to be able to give any part of that to any group that he wants to. God gave the land to Israel. The descendants of Abraham occupied the land when Moses and Joshua brought them out of Egypt, and that was 3,500 years ago. Think about that, 3,500 years ago. The city of Jerusalem is also called the city of David. And it was King David that declared it to be his capital. And that was 3,000 years ago. Israel has a divine mandate to occupy not only the present territory, but all of that territory that the Bible says will eventually be theirs, and it's a very large area. It goes from river to river, which is the river Euphrates, all the way to the Nile River. It's a huge amount of territory. Now, in closing, I wanna say this. There's one more thought about Israel's divine mandate, and that's in Zechariah chapter 12. I love the prophet Zechariah, but he has something very interesting to say. He says in Zechariah chapter 12, verse two, Zechariah says, behold, this is speaking of God, I'm going to make Jerusalem a cup that causes staggering to all the peoples around. Another translation says that the people will be drunken, drunken. They'll stagger around like they are drunk men when it comes to thinking about Israel or about Jerusalem. Now, who could have foreseen this? Think about this, this was over 3,000 years ago, Zechariah wrote this, and regardless of, of all of the other prophecies, who would have thought, actually about 2,600 years ago, um, 
that when we read that it would be Israel, it would be Jerusalem in the end times that would be this cup of trembling, this, this city that makes everybody else stagger. Um, that, that's remarkable. Uh, ask yourself, is there any other ancient city that this could be true of? Or, or even a contemporary city, a cup that causes all nations to stagger. You know, it's not Moscow, it's not London, it's not Washington, D.C., it's not New York, it's none of our cities. It's Jerusalem that's the center stage. It's the epicenter, epicenter of everything that's going on today um, and the end times. Uh, it's 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 focus becomes very very clear especially when we get closer and closer to the end times which is the time that Jesus will return you know my friends i hope i answered your questions on on israel's divine mandate you know today it's beautiful outside and it would be a great day for you to get right with god if anything's been holding you back let me just encourage you to to just repent of your sins and turn to Jesus who died on the cross for your sins. He rose on the third day. Uh, he lives to make intercession for you. And there's nobody that ever repents that he will turn away. You know, the recent war in Israel reminds us that, that there's both a, a judgment as well as a new world coming. You don't wanna be left behind. Let me pray. Father God, we wanna thank you, Lord. Nearly every day, it's common to see, read, or hear something about the end of the world, the apocalypse, or end times. Author and pastor Kenneth Baer's The Apocalypse and Coming Kingdom zooms in and breaks down biblical prophecy as it relates to Jesus' imminent return and the coming seven-year period, including the Great Tribulation. Available in both paperback and Kindle versions. Get your copy on Amazon or at Barnes & Noble and select Christian bookstores. The title again is The Apocalypse and Coming Kingdom. You can also find it listed by author Kenneth Baer. Get your copy today. Thank you for joining us on Prophecy Countdown with Pastor Ken Baer. Don't leave without first sharing the latest episode with your friends. Be sure to join us again for the latest updates on Prophecy Countdown.